This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu for more information. Consolidation, cutbacks, and competition from the web. These are the headlines grabbing the attention of business journalists around the world. Concerns about the quality of reporting and information have risen steadily as the industry has undergone dramatic changes, and it seems there's no end in sight. How has global expansion affected the standards of news organizations? What impact have blogs and, quote, citizen journalism, end quote, had on the industry? And what role, if any, does labor-intensive investigative journalism have in an age of around-the-clock cable news updates and shrinking budgets? To answer these and other questions, Knowledge at Wharton spoke with four participants from the 2007 Wharton Seminars for Business Journalists. Renita Jablonski, a producer for American Public Media's Marketplace. Indira Kunin, U.S. Bureau Chief for CNBC TV18 and CNN IBN in India. Richard Perez Pena, a reporter with the New York Times. And David Barrow, U.S. Bureau Chief for French Business Daily Les Echos. Thank you for joining us. The whole area of covering business is changing. As an example, there were three stories in the New York Times today regarding journalism. First, the kickoff of the Fox Business Network, which is going head-to-head with CNBC. Second, the creation of a new journalism venture started by Paul Steiger and composed of investigative journalists who will give away their work to media outlets. And third, the BBC is moving toward digital TV as a way to adapt to the digital era at the same time that it is being forced to make sizable job cuts in order to bring its budget into line. So it looks like there's lots of consolidation, cutbacks, new competition. Should we be concerned about the quality of business news these days? Maybe if we could uh, start with the the new Fox channel, I think. To begin there, I think... uh, Right off the bat, prior to um, that becoming more publicized, you were seeing the subtle changes on its main competition, which, Indira, you're probably most familiar with, the flashier graphics and maybe a pace that was slightly different. And I think recently um, Rupert Murdoch and company revealed that uh, they, in fact, are going to be aiming more for for the consumer. And I think in a way, while there's more options, you need to be really educated about what every uh, outlet is providing you the, the background of um, the, the company and its affiliations. So I, I find that the way that they're trying to position themselves differently really interesting from the get-go. Um, I would, of course, talk from the uh, perspective of uh, what CNBC does in India. Um, we have, a f- um, you know, it's it's a 24-hour channel in English, but we also have the uh, Indian language counterpart, uh, which is in Hindi, which is called CNBC Awaz. So um, a lot of it is, I mean, they do address uh, different audiences. Uh, CNBC TV18, which is the English language channel, uh, looks uh, very aggressively at a very urban, uh, upwardly mobile, uh, upmarket kind of an audience, whereas uh, 
CNBC Awaz is probably has been doing what uh, Fox Business News now says it will do. It's, you know, targeted more towards Main Street rather than Wall Street because CNBC Awaz is uh, really directed at a whole lot of uh, retail investors, people in small towns, maybe even housewives who are sitting at home who want to uh, get into investing and uh, do a lot of uh, that kind of uh, day trading. So uh, in India, it's we already have these uh, two very distinct segments which are being observed by uh, both channels. I think that obviously there are more sources of information than ever. <clears throat> it's been a proliferation, especially on the web. And at the same time, the traditional media have uh, less and fewer and fewer resources to work with. And so I think while there's a democratization of information and more people have access to more information, there's been a fragmenting of the audience also. So there's a lot of information that doesn't reach certain people. And while the universe may be wider, it's not necessarily deeper because the resources to do really in-depth work, investigative work, uh, I think are harder and harder to find, which is what this new uh, venture of Paul Steiger's is intended to address. So it, it, it is changing, and I think in some ways for the better, in some ways for the worse. Mm-hmm. We realize today that the challenge we're facing is that the uh, we have to be able to talk to much more many type of audiences that we used to be able to to talk to in the in the past we used to talk to people who knew what we were talking about today we have to be able to talk to people who want to learn more about the economy and so as journalists today we have to adapt the way we talk to the audience and we have to learn how to use the different type of medium for the different type of people we want to reach so it's a challenge but it also could be an opportunity for example in France, less and less people are reading daily newspaper, and the younger generation just goes on the web. Uh, we have to learn how to be able to talk to the younger generation using the web. And if we can succeed, it will be a, maybe a good thing for us because we will be able to reach uh, uh, a new audience. On the point that you made, I was wondering if I could ask everyone to weigh in more broadly. Where do you see people getting their business news these days? Are some channels like newspapers diminishing in importance? And where do you see growth coming from? Well, one of the things I find looking at the web traffic numbers uh, from Nielsen and other sources, the largest source, I think, of financial information just by the sheer number of people looking is uh, Yahoo Finance. I mean, people know how to go and get data on their own. They don't sort of need it spoon-fed to them by the by the mainstream media anymore. They have a lot of opportunities. In fact, most of the mainstream media are retreating from even providing it. Um, stock tables are gone, just like uh, in a lot of newspapers, baseball box scores are going away. You know, people have other ways of getting that. So th- there are so many sources on the web, you know, Market Watch and uh, all the others. So I think that's increasingly where people are going. The, the mainstream media still attract huge audiences, but shrinking. I think it's a similar case in India. I mean, probably actually slightly different because uh, India, as you know, the media market itself is uh, is exploding at uh, at present. So there is a tremendous uh, growth, not just in television and internet, but even in newspapers. I mean, we just had uh, recently uh, a fairly new uh, newspaper launch, which is uh, Mint. Which, you know, it's a fairly new development and probably not uh, very characteristic of a lot of other markets where you still have uh, new newspapers coming up. But uh, uh, the internet uh, traffic is also growing. I mean. Our group, for instance, our media group has a, a financial site called moneycontrol.com. It's um, supposed to be the um, number one financial portal in all of Asia. So this, clearly there's, there's a huge um, traffic that's uh, going online. And I think it's going to be um, increasingly important not just to uh, find ways to uh, put the information online. 
But what's happening in India is uh, not only are people going online and onto the internet, but uh, increasingly they're doing it uh, via mobile uh, sources. So it's it's going to be even more important for us to um, create content for uh, you know that they can actually uh, carry online. It's not necessarily where the information is coming from, but how it's being consumed. Certainly, people are going to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Um, it's it's interesting to see how overseas media is becoming more, I think, looked at. Something like uh, the FT, you know, Financial Times. People, I, I think, are consuming that via the web at a higher level, just searching for as many perspectives as possible. And all of that is just a a click away, um, you know, Bloomberg and, and other more traditional business sources. And then at the same time, it's trying to set yourself apart. And you were talking about the lack of resources. So um, I know working on on a local level, uh, you know, covering something like um, when uh, there was uh, recent issues with Goodyear and you know, usually I, I would run out with a my tape recorder and microphone and try to spend as much time as possible um, with the workers, you know, getting uh, the company on, on the phone. But, you know, just a couple years ago, that's where the focus was, where now I'm balancing the digital camera and trying to ask maybe a few more questions for what might be a web extra. And it's strange because you know, I sometimes wondered if I wasn't losing the heart of of what was going on because I was so concerned about capturing these other aspects. Well, I, I think that the tradition with the larger media has been, we're going to tell you what happened, but we're also going to provide context and interpretation. And I think that what you're seeing is an explosion in the number of people who say, you know, none of this contemplative stuff, give it to me quick give me the data, I'll come up with my own context and interpretation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good way to put it. Coming from a, a business newspaper, we used to have a very limited competition in France, for example. There was just one other newspaper. Um, it was difficult to set up a new newspaper. You had to have all the, the printing office and all that. What we realized today is that we, with the internet, as uh, Richard was telling, everybody, in a sense, can become a financial and business newspaper. Uh, so we realize that there is much more competition. And even though we claim that the quality of what we produce is uh, higher than what you could find for free on the web, it's becoming very, very difficult to uh, make people pay. We are one of the very few websites in France that are actually act, act, asking people to pay for the content. And uh, it's uh, one of the biggest challenges will be in the near future to, to, to make sure that people are willing to still pay for something before really seeing what it is because uh, they, they think that uh, uh, the free content will be enough and it's difficult to find a way to, to, to justify uh, the premium in a sense. Business news used to be pretty stodgy. It's not so any longer. And I'm wondering, what's the difference? It could be that there is more breathtaking corruption these days. It could be that business is seen as more glamorous and there are more colorful personalities to cover. What's the difference? Why is business news so popular? I think it's the competition that's coming up as a theme. Uh, certainly, globalization is bringing um, many more connections to the forefront than ever before. Um, 
you know, I know before if you were looking at certain overseas stories, you always had to sit down with the rest of your editorial team and think, all right, so what's happening uh, in the U.S. or um, in the nearby town that maybe mirrors the situation so we can make that relevant. Whereas now there are sort of instantaneous connections. The way a market moves uh, overseas is going to be directly correlated to what we're seeing on, on Wall Street and um, you know, certainly the current uh, subprime meltdown, unfortunately, um, displayed that, I think, pretty, pretty heavily. Well, in, in this country, at least, there's been this profound cultural shift over the last 20 years or so that people understand that it affects them, and it affects them much more directly than it used to. I mean, in 1980, if you'd asked an American, uh, the average American, how are you influenced by what happens on the financial markets, you would have gotten a blank stare. Um, m- most people weren't invested in the financial markets, and they didn't know how it touched them. Now virtually everybody is, and and they do have some understanding, however rudimentary, of how it does affect them. And you know, there's also just more of an understanding of the interconnectedness of everything. So I think that definitely pumps up the audience. But in terms of, you know, you, you talked about the glamour and the liveliness of the coverage. I think that's happening to the media generally, not just business reporting. I think everybody understands that you've got to grab people. Everyone's in a hurry. They have a hundred other sources they could go to. I think as far as, um, you know, business journalism in India getting a little more colorful and glamorous is concerned, I mean, it's it's just because of the sheer uh, explosion in the number of business personalities in India, especially in, in the last decade or so after economic liberalization really uh, picked up. We're just seeing this uh, explosion in uh, enterprise and the n- new number of companies that are coming up and the booming uh, stock market, which is, uh, you know, really uh, raised up in the last few months. So there's just more personalities to cover. And uh, as the number of business channels also increase. I mean, I think one of the reasons is the uh, competitiveness. Um, for instance, uh, we just had this uh, recent uh, program called India at 60 in New York, for which a whole lot of uh, corporate personalities and CEOs from uh, India had flown over uh, flown over here. And a part of the uh, way we were covering it is not just doing interviews with them, but uh, we almost, you know, we were turning them into sort of a rock stars where we're getting endorsements from the CEO saying, I'm so-and-so and I'm in New York and watch me only on CNBC TV 18. So this is something that, you know, we would never have thought of maybe two or three years ago, but CEOs are you know, just such huge personalities. And because there's um, the uh, base of retail investors in India has expanded so dramatically in the last uh, few years, uh, they're far better known uh, in public life, uh, you know, among the Indian public as well. Mm-hmm. Just uh, as a follow-up comment, uh, it's true. I think the journalists themselves have changed and know that they have to grab the attention of the public, but the, the CEOs also have totally changed. If you look at the, the typical CEO 2020 five years ago his life was uh, much more quiet than it is today today they are like the uh, the young the there are stars in their sense so they give you they, they manage the news they try to manage the news but they also try to give you uh to show you their life and and they have become also much more personal and i think the reporters and the ceo both try see that the the, the world has changed and so there is a new way to cover people who have changed let's take a somewhat different tack There has recently been the emergence of what we call citizen journalism, with the rise of blogs and the whole blogosphere. Is that affecting business journalism? And if so, how is it affecting each of your organizations? It is because everybody today believes that they they can be an expert. And uh, I think maybe we're in a transitional period where you see this explosion of blog. But uh, 
if you look deeper and we have as reporters to look into details of many stories, you realize that many blogs keep on saying the same, the same, the same. They repeat themselves. And uh, maybe one of the outcome could be for people like us in the future just to uh, build on our brand and pretend that uh, we can help the readers get to the relevant information. Our future job will be maybe to try to know which blogs give the, the best information, and we will have to bring that to the public. We can be some kind of a filter, which what we used to be. We have to learn how to be the filter in a new environment where there is a much too much news available. And the readers, uh, their time is precious. They, they don't want to waste their time, I guess. Today it's new, so it's fun. But I guess they will, they will want us to, to play that role again in the, in the future. You know, in, in certain business stories that you're looking at, you're going to approach it pretty traditionally, waiting for um, confirmation of something and trying to um, reach out to your sources to get something confirmed. And what's been fascinating to me recently, uh, it was the the last big uh, Apple meeting in San Francisco where Steve Jobs was announcing these new iPods. So this was on our radar and all you really had to go on was all of these techie blogs and you know they had been following this so intensely and um you know had well you know the last time this sort of vibe was put out this happened so and just you know details that um people reading maybe traditional media wouldn't otherwise pick up on you know so more and more now we got to keep an eye on obviously something's going to happen and it was it was just interesting to to call so much of that from from people you know offering offering these blogs and and really uh following something in a way that we wouldn't be able to uh, so it definitely comes into play uh, I just want to add, uh, I mean, uh, I have to confess, I'm, I haven't actually got into the um, habit of, I, I think nowadays pretty much all reporters are expected to blog about uh, their own experiences and reports. I haven't got into that, but, um, you know, coverage of blogs and anything technical for that matter is pretty much a part of um, mainstream business news now, at least in India. Um, in fact, so much so that uh, when the uh, iPhone came out here in the US, uh, we have a tech show back uh, in India on CNBC. And they got me to um, buy the iPhone, even though it would never work in India, you know, activate it, get an AT&T connection, put it on international roaming and ship it to India so that they could use it there and uh, review it. I mean, there is such tremendous interest in a whole lot of new technology and, uh, you know, new gadgets back there. We've mentioned Paul Steiger's new investigative initiative. Do you think it will be successful? Is there a place these days and a budget for investigative reporting? Well, the budget is the one thing he doesn't have to worry about because he's gotten a lot of money from some very wealthy people. Um, they, they've pledged $10 million a year. So, um, you know, I, I don't know of any news organization anywhere in the United States that has as many dedicated people and as big a dedicated budget for investigations as what he's going to be working with. Um, so the, the resources are tremendous. Um, so in terms of, uh, you know, will it be successful financially? It's something they don't have to worry about. The question is, where will the material be placed? What kind of cooperation will they get from mainstream media in accepting, you know, that obviously there's a, a real reluctance to using other people's product. And, and at the New York Times, I know that there would be a there would be a lot of vetting that would go on or, or an insistence on sort of being involved early in the project and doing it collaboratively. So 
you know, those are things they need to work out as they go along. But I, I actually have a pretty high degree of confidence in what they're doing and, and in its ultimate success. I'm just wondering, I mean, I'm throwing this out as to get feedback, but I, I would think now is an interesting time for this venture to come up because of the the shift in ownership of Dow Jones and some of the concerns, um, you know, as far as whether a certain level of investigative journalism that the Wall Street Journal has been known for is going to continue. And, um, and I think, you know, this emergence now is particularly interesting and I don't know if any... And it'll be interesting to see how many journal people they hire. Mm. That's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what we don't really know is, uh, I mean, uh, there is not only changes in investigative type of journalism, but for example, for a business newspaper, we used to be very vertically integrated. We would produce the news, print the newspaper, sell the news. We don't know, but maybe in a few years, what we will be is that we'll become specialists in uh, writing about financial and business news, but maybe we will find other newspapers who would be willing to buy this content from us for their own website. There might be a change in the business model if, uh, uh, I don't know, in the U.S., for example, I don't think it might be possible, but you might imagine that uh, the Wall Street Journal could start to... to, um, have specific um, content about companies that they would resell to a local newspaper who want to be able to differentiate with uh, their own competition. And for our newspaper, we might have to think about the same kind of, of thing in the future to do a different way to to monetize the content that we are uh, creating today. I think, too, just um, to add, uh, seeing now how quickly uh, something like an investigative report or maybe something that is a little more obvious that perhaps gets a big headline how quickly that affects what's actually happening in the business world because of how fast information is dispersed. It's just, I mean, really a different world than it was just a few years ago. Across the world, you find media organizations are growing globally. What is that doing to standards of journalism? For example, do you find journalism from some areas is suspect because of things like government censorship and so on? How do your organizations manage those standards? Well, uh, the only uh, recent example I can think of in India, at least, is you know, investigative journalism is, is pretty much all the rage now in India, especially in television, uh, you know, with, uh, with these uh, sting and undercover operations. In fact, uh, we had a recent case uh, where... Uh, because of the intense competition among the various channels, I mean, everybody is in a race to produce a more sensational and a more exclusive story. And we had a case recently of a fake sting operation where, um, you know, a channel just came up uh, to and uh, framed somebody uh, allegedly just to uh, get an exclusive story. So there's a huge debate now going on also about a broadcast bill in India, which a lot of uh, broadcasters are uh, concerned that gives the government uh, way too much uh, control over the media. And that's an ongoing debate. But but um, I think, um, as far as business journalism is concerned, we we would uh, we haven't had that kind of undercover or sting operations in bu- mainstream business journalism. But there are a lot of. Uh 
concerns about how responsible uh, and how careful uh, journalists uh, need to be, uh, especially uh, now with uh, the stock market, uh, you know, sort of uh, going up. It just hit uh, 19,000, which is a new record uh, recently. And we had the finance minister of India saying uh, publicly that uh, this, these kind of levels are insane and uh, investors should be cautious. So I think it's it's also um, a sort of a responsibility of uh, business journalists to um, project a more responsible attitude. Uh, in France today, we have a very specific issue, which is that the, the, the French media group are not that uh, wealthy. Historically, the, the, the margin of profits have always been very low. And now you have a specific situation with a change in the business model. So that is uh, eroding the profits margin even more. And what we tend to have seen in the last few years is that many of the newspapers and media organizations have been bought by um, industrial groups who are uh, making money in somewhere else than the media. And they invest in media, uh, and they're taking over the media. And it's having an impact not on uh, corruption. There isn't, we don't have corruption issues uh, in France, but there might be in the future a question of uh, self-censorship. Or um, it's, it's becoming more and more problematic for many uh, media outlets in France to be able to cover fairly uh, a lot of industries that are either owned or are competing with their owner, who have a stake in many, many other industries and not only the, the media industry. I have one last question for you all. Please pretend that I am a first-year journalism student and I have come to each of you as if you were my mentors. I want to know what it's going to take to be a successful business journalist in the future. What advice would you give me? I would start by offering that um, you have to... Remember, the, the heart of journalism is storytelling. And I think one of the ways, um, you know, especially a marketplace where you're, you're doing a radio program and you have to um, make a connection fairly early on to keep people tuned in as they're doing a million other things, you know, be it, you know, driving through traffic or getting dinner on the table, is... Um, still giving people um, the human aspect of stories. Um, CEOs are getting uh, maybe larger personas because we're hearing more of, of who they are. Um, you can talk about a tax cut, but if you can't show the implication you know, for your listeners, your readers, uh, your audience, it's not going to stick the way it would otherwise. And I mean, essentially, I mean, all of this has a human face to it. And it's always, I suppose, looking for that, which in, in some cases is a lot, a lot easier than others. I, I know it sounds obvious, but read, mm. read everything, yeah. you know, be endlessly curious. Um, I think a journalist's job is to be endlessly curious and to know as much about as many things as possible. Um, you know, I, the metaphor I always think of is um, that you know, if you're if you're building a, a fabric to to catch something that would fall otherwise, you can throw one thread across the gap and another thread across the gap, and it's going to take a lot of threads before that this is something that's solid enough that'll actually catch what, what's trying to fall through. So, just read. 
Um, I guess, uh, you know, even though the uh, kind of media through which uh, people are getting their information is, is changing rapidly, but I think the inherent nature of that information is, is uh, not changing all that much. So people still want uh, something that's relevant, something uh, that they can use and um, something that's, uh, you know, so basically, uh, I think the fundamentals of journalism wouldn't uh, change. Uh, you'd still need to ask a lot of questions, ask the right kind of questions and uh, try to get all the answers. It's just that you would uh, then post the answers a little differently depending on which medium you were in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way journalism was taught in France was that uh, very quickly you had to decide if you wanted to be a radio journalist, a TV journalist, or a print media journalist. And I think the advice that I would give to a young student today is try to do the three things at the same time because uh, in the future the key will be once you have a good story and uh, will be to be able to tell that story on all the medium and uh, all the media and any way they exist. So we will have to be able to uh, be both a TV producer, a radio journalist, and a print media a reporter in the future. And I think that's the only way the uh, the young generation will be able to take our job much more sooner than what we expect. Uh, that's a very important point. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Mm-hmm.